welcome to our second edition of Guitar Tales. Uh, I'm thrilled we're back. I'm thrilled with our dear friends at Riverview Studios, riverviewstudios.com. I thank our dear friend of the show, Scott Guitarmacist Engel, who helped line us up with our fabulous guest, Big Daddy Abel. Thanks, uh, Yep, of the Amish Outlaws. And I got the name wrong before, I wanna make sure I get it right. Nick Chavez gave us our fantastic logo, which is new from last week, we didn't have that. Uh, we are absolutely thrilled to be back. We have more shows lined up, but let's dig right into it uh, with Big Daddy Abel. There's so much to talk about, and we were careful in the pre-interview. I didn't want to learn too much, okay? I got yelled at by my friend Todd from LA. He said, we didn't have music early enough in the okay. last show. So whenever you feel the need to pick up your Martin or your Fender, feel free. Okay. But Scott did it, Scott Engel did it nine minutes in. Apparently that was too long. Oh, okay. So, All right. um, we'll get to some awkward about this. So, um, let's talk about you a little bit. Your history, let's do the short version, and then we're gonna do the long version. Oh. You, you've been in movies, I think. Uh, yeah, I did that for about four years, movies, right. TV shows. All right. That was just uh, to pay the rent. Okay. Um, well, what, what movies did you pay the rent with? Um, gosh, the first one that I worked on was, it was just, you know, like extra work, background stuff. Right. Um, Shaft, the, uh, the original Sam Jackson oh, Shaft. Oh, really? It was a remake, but. But uh, that's still older than the more recent one. Yeah, it is. And then right. we just actually went to the movies the other night and saw that they're having another shaft where his son comes back. And, oh, really? Um, I primarily worked on a show called Oz. It was a HBO I, show. I know it well. Uh, yeah. Prison show. I was, yeah. They moved me around. I was a biker inmate. I was one of the Christian inmates. And I was kind of like a, not a featured guy, but a regular, you know, inmate. Yeah, I have on, to go back to those because I used, that was a really well done show. It was a lot of fun to work on, mm -hmm. but it was disturbing to watch. Oh, yeah. Because Tom Fontana really wanted to depict life inside prison. Right, the realities. It was extraordinarily violent. Yeah. And, and characters you grew to care about were oh, harmed. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But then also, you know, the fact that he set a modern sort of uh, setting like a Greek tragedy, you know, where right. he had the, the, the narrator and the chorus and... The, you know. Yeah, you had the, 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 you cared about the guards, you cared about the meanest of the inmates, the, the storyline, I remember there was the religious gentleman, I mean there were a few religious You're people. You're talking about Luke Perry? Oh, Who I forgot there? about yeah, him, Luke right. Yeah, Luke Perry was on there. I forgot. Nicest guy on the planet, I felt, I was actually genuinely, you know, when you hear a celebrity passes away and yeah. you, know, you go, oh, isn't that sad, and you think maybe your childhood. Right, or right. some better times. There's a connection that you, that you draw yeah. from it. Yeah. But the guy, like, you know, he wasn't a Hollywood guy. It was just like the first day that he was there, he just, he walked right in and just, hey, how you doing? I'm Luke. Right. And right. I went, hi. Yeah, I, I, uh, we know who you are. <laughs> right, right, right. But he was always, always, always a nice guy. And uh, yeah, he was the religious uh, preacher, I think it was. I think I it was. I, gotta get back I remember when he started on the show, I thought, all right, how are they going to write him in to mix it up with the tougher guys? But he's a strong actor and you believe it. Oh, yeah. You know? yeah. Well, we had, um, there were some scary looking guys on there. It was a, a, a guy by the name of Mikey Yatrotsky. He, he was the guy with the tomahawks tattooed on his cheek. Oh my God. He was tattooed head to toe. Right, back, wait, back when people weren't tattooed head oh, to toe. Oh no, not on the face, right, not at right. all. And he was scary looking guy and he was a vegan. Oh really? He would take his guitar to the elderly home 
wow. and play every weekend for them. And, you know, it was just a, another example of don't judge a book by its cover. Well, well you're an example of that, yeah. you know. So I was, I've been telling yeah, I don't people, always dress like this. That's, that's not what I heard, no. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I was telling people, you know, so I don't know you. We just met tonight. Yeah. And Scott told me a little bit about you. And he said, you're a super nice guy. But he also said, the guy is 6'7". <laughs> And when I talked to you on the phone, you were soft-spoken. You know, like, like the whole vibe, and I think it happens when people have the confidence of maybe being a big dude, they don't feel the need to act otherwise. There's a lot of times, and I mean, every big guy will agree with me on this. It's like, you know, sometimes you walk into a bar, right. and for whatever reason, a, a guy that's not as tall, right. he's angry about whatever he's angry about. Mm -hmm. And I've had times where guys have bumped me. You think you're big and bad. No. You think I'm big right, and bad. Right. I'm just waiting for my beer, you know, right. or my drink, whatever. Right. You want one? Let me get you one. Right. But uh, I mean, I, I I get a lot of I get away with a lot in this outfit. Oh, so, I bet. You know, I, I mean, I can be silly. I can uh, do sort of Don Rickles sort of stuff. Go Google right. Don Rickles <laughs> for the younger people. Yeah, for the younger. It's people an old crowd watching us here. Okay. Oh, yeah, by the way, he's not uh, PC, and uh, you probably would report him these days. Yeah, so. yeah he wasn't. Now, let's, move, let's talk. So you, okay. you, you did these movies, right? Yeah, yeah. And welcome back to Guitar Tales. I'm Dave Cohn with Big Daddy Abel. There we go. So we were talking before, and when we were off air for a few minutes, for some reason, my brain categorized your HBO work as movies, and you reminded me, no, that's television. But you did more conventional television also. What did you do there? Oh, uh, well, I worked on, uh, yeah, everybody's right. going to hate me, my, my least favorite show, Law & Order. Why is um, that your least favorite show? I don't know. I don't know. Probably because at my house, I hear duh, 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 24 hours a day, and it oh, makes me funny. nuts. Right, right, and that right. Choo -choo. Right, right, right. That's, um, that's how they segue from scene to scene on the show. Yeah, but I mean, the first time that I ever worked on anything, it was a Law & Order episode, okay. and it was in Harlem. Okay, were you like bad guy number four or something like I was, that? I was thing walking in the background across the street down the block so that you don't see anything blocking Chris Maloney's head. So oh, I, it was it was, it, it was terrible, honestly. I mean, it was like, you know, here you go, oh, I'm going to be on a TV show. Right. And then a few weeks later, I got the paycheck. It was like $23. I went, wait a minute, I worked for 10 hours. And it was $46 for paying a, 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 a non-union background person. Right. And then, uh, then they took money for uh, your, uh, the, fee, the uh, taxes. Taxes, yeah, but they, there was an agency that placed oh, you. They so take they a took piece. their cut. They, they took the a piece. Yeah. yeah. Right. You took four dollars and sixty cents from me, as well as the other. Well, I, I beat you, know. you. I think I made forty dollars. Remember uh, George Hamilton's version of George Washington, the miniseries. <laughs> I was a Hessian soldier in that. Well done. Except I made the cutting room floor, so I had my parents videotape all whatever it was twelve hours of it. I watched the entire show and fast forward, looking for what I thought was my scene where I died. And what I remember is I had like the glue from the beard going into my mouth. It was, it was about 95 degrees. I had all sorts of heavy clothing on and I had to dive when there was a bomb and my, I had my hand fall on my helmet like this. I did it on purpose and I moved my finger around so I'd be able to identify myself in the movie, except I'm sure somewhere in some editing room, someone's like, who's the asshole who's shaking his that finger? That guy's finger's moving, cut it. Yeah, so I never was on television. You told your parents before you ever came out? Yeah. yeah, see, I made that mistake a couple times, like, 
I did some soap operas and like uh, Guiding Light. Okay. One, and um, also no tapes. Well, I was the way that it lined up, right. and they they shoot very differently. So the way that it lined up was that it was supposed to be on a Tuesday. It should have aired on a Tuesday, but for whatever reason, it didn't. I had told everyone, I'm like, yeah, it's gonna be on Tuesday, and, blah, blah, blah. and I had an under five, and it was, you know, my face, this guy's face, and the so girl's face. What does an face. under five mean? Under five means that you have literally less than five lines. For whatever reason, That's they- a union rule, I guess, right? Yeah, and at that time, I had, I, that I, I ended up in the union after that. So you that. got your SAG card because of that? No, I got my SAG card because of Oz. Okay. Um, but on the uh, Guiding Light and uh, As the World Turns, that stuff is AFTRA. So okay. I got to get both cards. Okay. But when you get an under five, you are literally working as a paid union actor that day. So it was like... So that's huge. I got $500 for 90 seconds of work. It took right. me longer to get to the place right, and right. get back. They gave me a dressing room the size of Montana, and I got in really? there. So like... All right, this nope. doesn't stink. What kind of character were you? I was a hippie. Okay. I was hippie number one or whatever. And the girl that was the uh, regular actress, I don't even remember her name, little okay. tiny brunette about the size of Monica. Um, Monica is the girl that's running the camera that you're looking at from me behind. Yeah. By the way, okay. we have to put a picture, when we edit it, we have to put a picture up because when you guys met, there was oh, Monica yeah, had this look of surprise on her face. There's a, yeah. <laughs> oh, by the way, not to leave out, Jamie's back over here. So That's right. I'm sure you do it in the credits, but I, I like to let everybody know. Anyway, so this lady, she was... Nice job to, bringing us back. I See, it's always... I always bring it back around. It works. Um, right. you got to tie up the loose ends and then get rid of the bodies. So uh, always carry a shovel and a bag of lime. Um, she had... You two bags of lime. If well, we had to get rid of you. If you do it properly, like they say in that movie Snatch, you know, where you, like, right. take the limbs and... I think we're going down the wrong way. Okay. Um, we're going to have to put a disclaimer on this. No bodies were actually harmed in the making of this video. Um, so she had um, tied up her husband, put him in a cabin, uh, impregnated herself while he was unconscious. Then she wanted to escape, and we picked her up hitchhiking. So that's the storyline. And she's going to a commune with us. Real sweet commune. Wow. We got into this Volkswagen bug, which was kind of in a, a room about the size of this. Right. And they had it up on jacks. So they called us to the set, and we got into this old hippie Volkswagen bug. Right. And they, they were... Oh, to simulate movement. Yeah, they had sticks and, you know, boards making it move right. a little bit. And yeah, okay. And she gets in. She's like, you want to run it? Okay, we run it. And we didn't get mic'd up, we didn't get ready, we just, we ran through it three times, and then we said, okay, we're ready, yeah, we got it. Uh, okay, yeah, let's go to lunch, everybody. So you were seconds. taped, you didn't know you were being taped. So they did it without miking you, because I guess the ambient sound worked. Or they wanted they it to sound the road-like. all inside of the uh, oh, really? dashboard, which they had flowers and grass and That's stuff. That's the best on. way to do it, because you had an organic scene, you didn't even know you were doing the real version of it. Yeah, no, we had no idea. And those are live on tape, so I would imagine that those kind of shows, they're not, they just want to get it done because the next day they got to film the next one, They're right? war horses. I mean, I, well, it's funny, I, and are there any of those still on yet? I don't remember. I don't anyway, know. I, but uh, uh, Guiding Light, we did another episode of it. Um, so now Oz is not taping recording. Okay. Um, 
and we're between seasons five and six, I think. I don't know. This was back in like the late 90s, early 2000s, so I don't remember. Um, Now, the guy that I told you about before with the tomahawks on his cheek, he's there. A couple of the other guys that are thugs were playing thugs at this bar. Right. And then finally... At a bar on Guiding Light or at On on Guiding Light. Okay. So those guys, there's crossover between the shows. Well, they just, they needed... um, there was no cross, it wasn't intentional. Right, right. It was right. just, they had five people that worked on Oz that weren't working. Were you the conduit? Is that how they found them? Or did they just randomly find the same people? They go to the same, like, uh, same agency? agencies, okay. like, to get people and stuff. Right. But, you know, they always want to get somebody that they know isn't going to, um, like, harass an actor. Right. Uh, you know, I mean, I was, I was in this proximity with Sam Jackson for a lot of that right. um, Shaft movie, but okay. it's just like, you know, you do that thing. Oh, that's Sam Jackson right there. But that's you try amazing. to control yourself. Yeah. He's just a regular person like anybody else, right. you know. But you're looking and you're just like, oh, that, that, that's the guy right there. Yeah, he's iconic. Yeah. yeah. Um, that, that reminds me, actually, I was working on a, there was a movie Robert De Niro did called City by the Sea. Oh, that sounds His son familiar. was a drug addict and he was trying to clean him up. And I, his son is, the guy that played his son was famous, but anyway. But there was a production assistant. And we're at, it's like two in the morning on, I don't know, it's in Alphabet City in Manhattan and uh, we're getting ready to do this scene. It's a night scene and um, the PA comes over and says, uh, yeah, don't stand next to Mr. De Niro. Oh, I know why. Okay. Because he's a little guy. Well, all we're supposed to, I'm, they're using me to wipe the screen, which means, you know, sometimes something will cross in front of the screen. Just the car or truck or whatever. Right, yeah, okay. just to, you know, so there's a transition, right? So kind of like the picture that you showed of Monica and I standing there, it was just like my body went by. So right, right. Actually, she's probably a little bit taller than him, I think, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but I got too close to him, and I said, oh, I'm sorry. And I, and I you know, I'm like, oh, that's Robert De Niro. Right, yeah. And he goes, why? What's the matter? And I said, they told me don't stand there. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. You know, Who told you that? Now you're like, I'm uh, going to get that person in trouble. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking around, and I was like, I, I don't see him anywhere. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do. I didn't yeah. know where to go. I just That's a like, bad position to be in. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. I'm, I'm st- you don't want to ever, you're, there's so much you don't want to upset anybody because you know you're not going to work again. Right, you right. Know? And I'm trying, I'm trying to weasel my way in there because yeah. I wanted to try to get my music into one of the soundtracks and things like All that. Right, and, yeah. But um, so anyway, back to the guiding light thing where, where all the eyes guys are there. And you're at a bar, playing we're in a, a bar. We're actually at a wharf dock sort of dingy thing, and these yeah. two girls are playing. They're trying to play um, prostitutes, trying to find some information. They're looking for a guy. And if you remember Oz, uh, the Nazis, the second in charge, I can't remember his name. You're going to make me. I'll, I'll have to. Even if you held a gun to my girl's head, I wouldn't know. Uh, but he's like the lead thug, and we're okay. just kind of there. So one of the girls is, you know, we're in a break, and we're holding, and they're looking around, and she starts, she, she looks up, she's talking to the guys, and she goes, are we getting taken over by Oz? What's going on here? Do I got to get somebody on the phone? Like, she was oh, the one, fun. she watched Oz and recognized everybody oh, that's there. that's pretty cool. But it was like, literally, six guys in there that, yeah. you know, it, it looked like that's very stumbled funny. into us before we went to jail. Right. Oh, that's very funny. So you've got, in your history, you know, again, we literally could do three hours because I know you wrote a book. You I'm not music. doing three hours dressed like this. Okay. Well, we're going to get you famous eventually. <laughs> but let's, let's, let's do our segue now. All right. Um, so let's talk about the Amish outlaws. Okay. All right. Amish to you. Oh, you got me so confused. All right. So 
I, yeah. I don't know. Everybody calls it something different. It's spelled Amish, but it's Amish. It's spelled Amish. Amish. I am Amish, okay. right? I don't know. I'm even more What confused. do I know? You've got an outfit on. Yes, so sir. So let's, you are not one of, well, there's. I'm not one of the originals. You're no. not one of the, so there's. And I'm not Amish. Right. I'm a honorary, as they call it. Right. So there's three guys from Lancaster, or if you're out there, Lancaster. Well, there's some people call it Lancaster, and I go, well, it's spelled with A's, so I don't know why you're calling it Lancaster, but it's Lancaster, if that's you look I, at that's it. That's what I've called it. So you got three guys from there, and you guys put together this band. Yeah. You've they, been there since 97 or something? No, no. They've been together for 15 plus years. I've okay. been there since 2007, December 2007. Right, so you're 12 years in. That's yeah, still a yeah. lot. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm on the upside. But there were four. Now there's three. And uh, those, the, the bass player, Easy, the keyboard player, Amos, and the other singer, Hezekiah, they are from out there. Uh, the and they're, they're legit. I mean, like yeah. a name like Hezekiah is yeah. not a conventional. Well, I'm, I'm sure there's yeah. people naming their kid that, but you right. know. Right, right. I haven't met too many. And then uh, the drummer, Jacob, he is a New York native living in Jersey. I'm a New Jersey native living in New York. Uh, and the newest addition is the guitar player, Wyclef. He's in, um, he's outside of Philadelphia, kind of like southeast okay. of that. So now where do you guys play? Well, from Rhode Island down to West Virginia currently and everything in between, uh, a bunch of uh, casinos, uh, Borgata, Harris, uh, Twin River up in uh, Rhode Island, Hollywood Casino in, uh, I think it's out in Hershey. They're all over the place. Right. You know, I, There's times when people ask me, uh, where do you play? I said, just go to AmishOutlaws.com because I honestly don't know where the next one is because, you know, you don't check until it's time to check. Right. You know, I'm worried about what's coming up right now. And then when you ask me while we're in the middle of what's right now, I don't know what's next until I'm done with right now. So I'm you don't necessarily right know, if I were to say to you, where will you be next, or two Thursdays from now, do you know off the top of your head? No. I know where I'm this Thursday. Right. But, but no, beyond that window. I'm, I'm actually, this Thursday, I'm nowhere. <laughs> okay, that's a good thing. Uh, this, or it's not a good thing. Well, no, because we're doing... We're doing uh, show Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So we're going to Maryland th this Friday, okay. Saturday, and then uh, Martell's for Cinco de Mayo. And Martell's is in Point Pleasant. Point Pleasant, yeah. Okay. So let's, let's do this. I, we'll probably air, I'm taping right now, we are April 29th, we'll probably air in about two days. So, wow, roughly. So um, where is the next gig you have after, say, Cinco de Mayo? Um, or sorry, May first. May first. Instead, let's start there. Well, May first is Wednesday, no? Right. Okay. So nothing there. May first, May second, May third. Third is Friday. Is Friday. So that's going to be at a place called Looney's. Um, there are four Looney's locations in in uh, Maryland. There's a big, you know, big pub place. Right. Uh, there's one in uh, Maple Lawn. There's one in Bel Air. There's one in Perry Hall. There's one in Canton. I think is the other one. We don't play at that one, but. We're at the one in South, which is almost by DC. Okay. And then on Saturday, we're at the one in Bel Air, Maryland, which is uh, Northeastern Maryland, and then okay. come back up. Last week, we were out in Harrisburg at a place called Club XL. Okay. Um, beautiful, like state-of-the-art, great place to see bands. Um, like what you would have wished clubs would have been a long time ago. You right. Know, not just you know, horrible carpeting and just and, nasty walls and, and clean bathrooms. Size of stage we talked about before. Oh, the stage was gigantic. 
That's good. Over there. Now, so who does all the organization for you? I mean, do you do it? Do you have a, a manager who... You mean that does the, gets the gigs? Yeah. Oh, there's a, there's a, um, they're called Shorebets. Okay. Uh, Al and Zach and uh, Justin and Chris, they work there. They're um, in Jersey. It's Shorebets entertainment events events that's it so you'll and that's because because this is something i know nothing of so you'll work through like a, they're the booking agency so you're, that's all right, so that's even something so if you're a busy working musician and you're what i guess what i would call a regional band if not a national band something uh, like regional, that. Yeah, okay yeah. so you'll I work mean, with going to vegas in uh, in july all right but. so that you're a national band but you'll have a booking agent and then you'll probably get emails or this is your schedule and things like that. It's a yeah. world I know nothing of. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's nice uh, when you know what's going on instead of wondering what's happening. Um, so like each week they'll say, here's what you're doing this week. Right. And then they'll give you what's coming up next week. So are, Now, are you guys at the point because you play so much, do you need to have practices or are your gigs your practices? No, yes. Uh, we don't practice. Okay until we're learning new songs. And we oh, do that, that like once every six to eight weeks. Okay. And then we'll add new ones in because, you know, where we play is, you know, 70, 80 places. And you play those places in the time frame of, I don't know, 12 to 14 weeks. Wow. So as you're coming through, you're, you're, you're overturning uh, new songs with, you know, some old ones that you haven't done in a while. Right. Some that you've done there too many times and you just go, well, nobody's really into this one anymore. Get right. rid of that, replace that with this. And yeah. it's, it's back and forth. It's cover stuff. Um, it's, I always say it's everything that makes girls dance. Because generally, guys don't like to dance as much. We don't look like Bon Jovi, but girls like to dance. So you play stuff that makes girls dance, which is you know, not true because it's, it's, we do rap, rock, R&B, hip hop, classic rock, alternative, um, everything. You do it all. You know, not Gregorian chant, but yeah. All right, I like <laughs> there's that. Even, there's even an operatic music in really? there, you know. Now, you gave me a segue. We're going to, it's completely out of order. Right. Six Degrees of John Bon Jovi. You mentioned his name. I'm going <clears> to <throat> hit you with it now. So Six you're a degrees. Jersey guy. How many okay. degrees will it take to get you there? I can get there. What, do we count John as one? Or do we no. count the person removed from John one? The person removed is one. And then me as two? Yes. So I can get there in two steps. All right, let's hear it. Okay, so there is a drummer by the name of Charlie Mills. So whoever forwards this over to Charlie Mills. Charlie, I'm sorry. Uh, Charlie grew up in a town called Sayerville. Okay. And his house was here. Okay. John Bon Jovi's house was there. Okay. And a guy by the name of Dave Sabo, who has the guitar player in Skid Row, was over here. Okay. Charlie was John's original drummer in the Atlantic City Expressway, which... Um, who else was in that? Dave, the keyboard player, Dave he Bryan. He became was a real estate agent. Dave did? The, the drummer. I've met him. Who? Who's the drummer then? No, the one you're telling me about. I met a guy many years ago who was apparently John Bon Jovi's original drummer. Okay. And I was told that he became a real estate agent. Well, Charlie's not a real estate agent. Charlie, Charlie still plays drums. A guy from Jamesburg, so maybe there was another earlier drummer before T. Oh, yeah. I mean, that stuff is. They, they, so they went through a lot? Yeah. I can go in through. Uh, I can go through through the original bass player too. Oh, let's hear. All right. So. Okay. So, my. So it's John. The, Alec was the original bass player. Okay. When they first hit with the, the, Play, the first Bon Jovi. Playing a club in A, in Sarah yeah, Bell, right? Yeah. 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 Um, so he, I don't know, dated. Okay. <laughs> I guess a girl that was a bridesmaid in my brother's wedding. So that's 
One, two, three, four, five. So I, I can, can get there in two, six. I can get there in five. Right. I can get there probably in every single angle to I get bet, to, yeah. to them. But, uh, oh, that's pretty cool. I just, I think it's funny that, you know, you're in Jersey and, and somehow, some way, you might not know it, Everyone's but you're six it. steps removed from knowing well, John. Everyone's <laughs> got to have it. Everyone's got to have it in Jersey. Um, so you, all right, so I'm... Now I'm all confused. Amish, <laughs> it's your fault. I'm Amish sorry. outlaws. Yeah. Amish outlaws. So yeah. let's talk about the theme. Okay. Right? Because we, we sort of glossed over that. Right. You guys do covers. You play regionally. You, you'll go out to the West Coast. You'll hit Vegas. Mm -hmm. What's, for lack of a better term, what's the deal uh, with the concept of the Amish outlaws as opposed to, you know, Foresight Cover Band or some generic name like that? What, what's the theme? Well, if you think about I mean, some people don't know much about Amish life at all. Um, there's a community, um, you know, they're religious, they're simple people. They just, they don't take any modern comfort, okay. you know. And uh, they have a thing called Rumspringer, which is go out into the world for a year and then come back and see if you want to stay with us. If you want to stay with us, you're going to go by our rules or, you know, the shunning. Well, those guys went out on Rumspringer and... Air conditioning's nice. Mm. They like music. Sleeping past 5 a.m., I would think, is nice. Dancing, girls, electricity, all of those things, you know, the devil's playground, right? Right. So, uh, I, I mean, you'd be hard-pressed to go back for that, you know? And yet so many people do, I guess. Well, yeah. and if you figure you're Amish, you're playing modern music yeah. with electricity in an air-conditioning room, drinking, partying, you're an outlaw to the Amish way. It's perfect. Oh, Amish outlaws. And then when that started, uh, uh, you know, it, there, and there's the irony to it because you guys dress the part. Um, mm -hmm. I know some point tonight we're going to do a, a costume change for you. Oh, uh, well. If you want. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. But um, is there something for the audience about watching guys dress like that but playing rock, playing rap, playing pop, whatever you're playing? You think that's part of the allure? When I first joined... Uh, the band had been, had, you know, was known around right. uh, New York, New Jersey, Little into Pennsylvania, a couple spots in Maryland. And obviously, when I first putting this on, I'm just like, oh, this is right. not cool. This is not rock and roll. Right. Because that's what I was, you know. I was playing rock bands and stuff. And uh, you put it on, and obviously somebody's going to, What's that about? You know, yeah. start picking up the kids and moving away because there's a fascination to it. Yeah. People go out to Lancaster County just so they can see the, the buggies rolling by because it's just a weird thing to them. It's not weird to these people. Right, right. By the way, don't take pictures of them. They don't like that. Um, it's kind of rude, actually, if you think right. about it. You know? yeah. Um, but that whole oddity, what is it? It's like looking at a platypus. You're like, what the heck is that? And how did it get yeah, that's to a good, this point That's a good life? metaphor, yeah. Um, but there are times when we'll play somewhere. I'm not even thinking about what I'm wearing. You know, we're done. And somebody's just kind of... And you can see it. You know when somebody's... They go, right, and they look you got, and they... You, because you've got the ponytail going on. So it's not like you've got this short cropped, you know, sort of conservative haircut. You could be a big dude dressed like that. And you might, they might think, all right, he's Amish. But that, then they're like, what, what's happening there? They usually think I'm the Amish one. I'm like, I'm not. Those guys are. Somebody would come up and say, you know, right. I grew up in Lancaster. I'm like, I, I'm from Jersey. 
right. talk to that one over there. The other ponytail guy, go talk to him. He knows all about it. Oh, that's funny. So, uh, now I know right now, these days, for the last X number of years, you've yep. been the lead singer, but you started as a one guitar of. player for the band. Yeah, I, I used to play guitar in the band, and uh, I had one of those big old mothership boards that had a, a uh, GT8 on it, if anybody's familiar with that, the uh, oh, I unified knew. pedal board. You know, I had I one had. of those once. And, and Russo uh, Music, I got it right around here. Well, I got my first guitar, actually, it's sitting over there, at Russo Music, right. my Kramer Focus 3000. Back when uh, Eddie Van Halen. Right, he endorsed it. Yeah, that was, I, well, I got my first one in 84, 85, I think. Okay. But uh, Eddie was why I picked up a guitar in the first place. You right. Know, which right. is, there's a lot of guys that did that. You well, know? there's the story that when he would play, I guess, the whiskey, that he would have to have his back to the crowd because he didn't want them to copy because there would be guitar slingers in the crowd. So when he's hammering, which people, I mean, people had done similar things, but they hadn't really done that. He had to play with his back to the crowd so people wouldn't steal his chops. Yeah, I, I, I would have loved to have seen that. Oh my God, I only, I've read it. I, 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 I have seen them, I saw them with David Lee Roth. I haven't seen them. I saw I them with, with Sammy, not David. No, but I mean, when you're yeah. talking about like, oh, that, that, that would being be there present in that mo moment oh at like, God. I don't know, was it Gazar's or somebody like that, you know, and you just go, who's this guy, what is this, what is? Yeah, history's treating him pretty well, I think, in terms of being a, like a legit innovator. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, no, no one was thinking of doing it. Well, maybe there, 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 there's always some great unknown. Right? right, someone who probably hammered without commercial success. Yeah. And, and all the other great things he did. Yeah. But, you know, I, I watched the other day, somebody was putting on, um, maybe it was Eruption, because Scott and I have been talking about that a lot recently, but they, were, they put some live thing on YouTube, some, you know, very self-indulgent 12, 14-minute solo. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Nobody cares anymore. No, no one no, does. No, oh, you played. You sat in your room and you played your guitar. Oh, good for you. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, that, that's what Scott and I talked about. Is that no one cares about it? But <clears> there <throat> was a time when we would go to a concert. I sort I saw them with Sammy, but I'm sure I don't remember. But I'm sure he did a 10-minute solo at some point. You know. I went to go see them with Sammy. I right. never saw them with Dave. No, I didn't. And either. it was at the Philadelphia Spectrum. I was in that back. Right. quadrant back there if anybody remembers the Philadelphia Spectrum and everybody it's time for the guitar solo and he started with that thing called 316 right. and I I was standing the whole time and I'm I got my binoculars and I'm watching it and then it would transition into eruption and it transitioned into Spanish fly and it transitioned into all his little guitar pieces right, right. that all of his guitar work up to that point I went home that night and I, I was up until probably four or five in the morning learning that first part because I knew all the rest already. Oh, so you were already a guitar player when you saw him? Oh yeah, so when I, when I, uh, I was 15, okay. oh, we'll, we'll get into that one, right? Because everybody has their, why did you start playing thing? Yeah. I was on a motorcycle. That was very organic, by the way. It was? Yeah, because I wanted to talk about that. Oh, all right. Okay. So, uh, so you're 14 you got to watch out for Monsanto. They like to go and grab the organic things and then corrupt them. They do. Okay, enough politics. Yeah. On a motorcycle. I go to pull out into traffic and a car hits me, turns me into a hood ornament, pops my leg out, and I'm in a full leg cast, okay. a cast longer than Monica. And, uh, <clears throat> sorry, why are you picking on me? Um, so, which, Bill Cosby actually signed my cast. Did he really? Yeah, all right, yeah this, it was back right. before we knew anything. But yeah, I, I you know, everybody had that, that first Bill Cosby thing, one called himself, and you thought, oh wow, he's funny. But, he signed that cast. It was my mom took me to see him for my birthday when I was 16. Wow. But anyway, 
<laughs> so <laughs> cut it off, and the guy goes, "You want that?" I'm like, nah. So I was laid up for the summer. Oh, okay. Friend of my brother's. My brother used to play guitar. And what town, by the way? You're in Jersey, right? I'm in down in by Fort Dix and McGuire. Okay. And uh, so this guy comes over and he's like wanting to talk to my brother. He wants to sell his guitar. And my parents were the parents that would take in anybody. Okay. So there were there were I'm I'm third in line, but there were other stragglers around that my parents took in. Right. And uh, he was staying with us at the time, Billy. And uh, a guy named Mike wanted to sell the guitar to my brother who had been playing in bands, who actually was managed by my physics teacher before I ever went to high school. Yeah. Um, Billy didn't have the money to buy it. I said, I, I, I'll buy it. I had no desire to play guitar. Okay. I had no interest in playing guitar. But you wanted to be part of that scene, whatever it was. I, don't, I didn't know anything. I just knew, I, I just heard guitar and I went, I'll buy it. I didn't have $30 at 16, not back then. I go into the kitchen. My dad's there on the phone with his brother at the time. And I said, can I have $30? Points at his wallet. And I grab the wallet and all my crutches. And he hands me 30 bucks. I go back out and hand him the $30. Here comes this. Uh, I didn't bring it, but it's... Um, oh, you still have it? I absolutely still have it. It looks like a, a Les Paul. It's a Les Paul knockoff, but it says, <laughs> it says Trump on it. <laughs> this was a long time ago. I don't, whatever you think, I don't care. Uh, but it was a Trump... Les Paul copy. I don't think wow. the guy made guitars. I don't uh, think his don't family think so. made guitars. I don't know what they were it, doing. It back could then. be the adjective, like this trumps all other guitars or something. It trumped none of them. But I actually did use that guitar on original uh, uh, my original music. I used it for a little part in the song called Contradiction. So so let's so single coil uh, humbuckers. That had two humbuckers in it. It was just it was literally just it was amazing that it would stay in tune. Most people they go you know I. I I taught guitar for a little while, and they would, and parents would always say, uh, "Well, what should I get him?" And I said, "Do not, do not, do not get the cheapest thing." Well, but if he doesn't like it, if she doesn't like it, what do I do then? Don't get the cheapest thing because they're not going to like it. And here's oh. why: because the action oh, on the yeah. guitar is you know, four inches off. You the look neck. in there, the action there. Yeah. So you see how this goes. The closer it is to the neck, the better your action. The easier is. it is to play it. Yeah. You know, because if you, this was actually the guitar I used with uh, when I was on with the um, shout was a lot. Oh, you got a pick. A lot oh, of noise. Look, you, you came prepared. I'll pick you. But it's it's like for a kid to play a chord. Oh, it was so hard in the beginning. You can't. Yeah. It's out of tune. What? Anyway. That's enough because then we're going to have the copyright infringement. But <laughs> you can't play more than that. That's, no, no that's, yeah. that's, that's Joe Walsh, Funk 49, but um, a kid can't play that. No, not, not when there's bad action. No. And just show folks um, just the effort to put a chord together. Like, oh, that's easy. Do you, you know, remember the day you first learned how to play bar chords? Um, I don't remember the day. However, I do <clears throat> remember. Now, this is acoustic. Acoustic's a lot harder to play. So much harder. But when you get, this is a <clears throat> Martin 1997 um, anniversary edition. You see it down in there, special edition. Oh, uh, yeah, look at that. Can you zoom in on that, Monica? Try not to get my face. I'm not HD friendly. I told you. You got it? Okay, good, great. But 
a beautiful tone. Yeah, it's a great guitar, but playing that it's so is hard, hard for because, young fingers. Yeah, they're small. Yeah. If the action is up high, like the action on this is, is really, really low. Right. If you're looking at it, I don't know if she can see it or not. My head's probably in the way. But this is a $2,000 guitar. And if you buy a $30 guitar, it's unlike, the, unlike the Trump model that I got, if you buy a $30 guitar from a store, you're not playing that. No, and I, I tell and little people, tiny fingers. Oh, God, no. And I tell people, <clears throat> start your kids on electric. And all the parents say, no, I want to start them on acoustic because it's nicer. And it's, no, they'll have more fun on electric and they're more likely to stick with it and it's easier to play. And it's not about you, mom. It's about him. Right. It's not about you, dad. It's about her. Yeah. You know, go and get a $200 guitar. Mm -hmm. Don't get that 120 watt amp. Get a 15 watt practice. <laughs> get amp. a That's what I had. I had a, it was from Sears. Oh, really? It was literally like the size of. I don't, like a Bible, you know, it was, the si it was the size and width and thickness of a Bible. And it, it had, it was just no frills, nothing. It was volume, tone, on, plug in, that's it. And uh, I, eventually I found out about the toys, you know, distortion oh. pedal, chorus oh pedal. And then you start adding that stuff on. You're like, I'll mow the lawn, I'll wash the car. Right. I had a lawn business, that's how I did it. Now I built, uh, my dad is an engineer, and somewhere I found a one watt amp, and he's an inventor. So he had this little box for something he had been inventing. I stole one of his metal boxes, drilled holes in for uh, input, quarter inch input, quarter inch output, and I set up, somehow I connected AC to it. I don't know how I did it. And I had a one watt amp that I treated like a distortion box. So I would put guitar into the one watt amp, then the output from the one watt amp hit the input of any guitar amp I used, and it was just this dramatic overdrive, like dramatic. What did it sound like? Did you record it? Yeah, all the what, did you on. like it? Or? That was wonderful. It was absolutely wonderful, and it created great distortion. It was free because, I didn't, you know, it was just stuff lying around the house, so I could plug it into my used $10, $15 amp. Yeah. I even converted uh, an FM radio into a guitar amp once because I didn't have the money to get a regular amp initially. So you could just take out the tuner, create an input uh, where the FM tuner would go into their little crappy amp, and you put one plus one, one, one amps, and you get enough volume to fill a bedroom. Okay, you just created 17 questions. Okay. How old were you when you did that? 14, 15, Okay, maybe? why did you know to do that? My dad's an engineer, so I always like to tinker. Did he tell you about that? He helped me. He helped you? He helped me. Who so came up with the idea saying, hey, let's do this, you or him? Me. And you yeah. said, hey, I want to make this happen? Yep. Where had you gotten the influence to make that happen? Like, what did, the, was it like, um, uh, Keith Richard, uh, 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 you know, can't get oh, no satisfaction me, where he blew the amp. No, you know what? I think I knew the stories about the kinks when they would take the razor blade to the speaker. Cut it, yeah, yeah. yeah I got to be a, So I knew those stories. I knew the stories about Hendrix putting amps next to each other, that, you know. Causing the feedback. Causing the feedback. So I wanted to create distortion. I don't know where I specifically, or what I emulated, what sound I specifically emulated. Okay. But I knew that they were using technology um, to create distortion, or like the Leslie speaker that would physically whirl in a cabinet. That was so cool. I mean, it's brilliant. So I just had this concept. I wanted to create a cool sound. Yeah. I didn't have the money to create a cool sound, so that's what I did. You like the, like, uh, what's his name? Oh, the I know. The Deaky amp and, uh, that, uh, that oh, made for Brian Mesa May. Boogie. Oh, no. No, no, it was this Deaky. Oh, I don't know that one. It, the guy Deacon was, uh, the guy made it. It's, it Wikipedia that. Right. It's, I, it's, I think it was called the Deaky. Yeah, I know, I, Brian But it was how he got his, his tone, and yeah. they, they made it's it for a little while. It's crazy. It's crazy. And then it went away, because you only need one Brian May. You don't need 
No, that's, that's, that's probably why, you're right. And yeah. then you look at, what's his name, Schultz from Boston. With the Rockman it. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all love Boston sound. Yeah. And that was it, and it was one and done. Yeah. <laughs> now, you're, you're now, so when you have an amp, are, yeah. you, are you a sample kind of sound guy, or do you have tube, like what, what's the sound you have? Okay, so what I have now, um, when I originally started, it was with like uh, Boss pedals, Okay. Which yep. everybody's Everyone has lost pedals. And, uh, and then when I finally, oh my gosh, that, that digital, they had a DD3 digital delay pedal. Okay. When I got that, it was like 150 bucks, like seven million years ago. Right, right, right. And I got it at Russo's from Joe. Uh, I pointed that way because Russo music is that way. It's behind Monica to the left. Um, it's in Bordentown. Is that in Bordentown still? No. I would think I Hamilton. We're in Bordentown. That's Hamilton. Yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, but anyway, that's where I got my first guitar. That's where I got all my stuff from them. And uh, so when I got that 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 um, cathedral that's on Diver Down from Van Halen, right, right, that bounce, 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 bounce. That when I first learned how to do that whole thing, right, I thought I had I had everything right there in two pedals. Oh yeah, yeah that's the distortion that, pedal. Yeah, and that, and then I went, well, not everything's distortion. Well, then let's figure out how to make a clean sound work, you know, right, right. And you get a chorus on it and you, and then you got 17 things strung along. You go, yeah, that's a mess. Somebody's going to get killed here. <laughs> did you get adept at the wah-wah pedal? Were you ever good at that? I was not. I did have a talk box. Oh, like a, a la, uh, what's his name? Uh, Frampton, Peter yeah. Frampton. You had yeah. one of those? Well, I had one. Okay. And when I was 25, another car accident, I wiped out my face. And this is all metal. Literally. No, you're not being silly. I'm not. No, that's all. I won't gross you out. I don't want to mess up the makeup they put on my face to make me HD friendly. Um, but there's literally, you can feel screws in my head, face, whatever. You can feel them. So doing that, I, I did use it, a talk box effect on, again, back to my original music. Did you use it on that song? Uh, on a song called Always Something. Um, but not on the Frampton song. But here's the thing. No, yeah. I didn't hear Gosh, who can do what Frampton does? It's like he had something else there that you didn't know about. You think? It, mine never sounded that clean, that sweet. It never sounded like Sam Boras. He was like, he was like you know? a, a rock version of George Benson, because George Benson could sing with the guitar, and that's what Frampton was doing on that. But then here's the thing. The sound, yeah. your mouth is making that sound. So when I started to use the talk box after having an accident, it was the worst headache on the planet because oh my, my, you know, my jaw was broken and stuff. It's all, yeah, it was awful. I'm like, okay, right. we didn't have eBay. We just went and found somebody that would buy it. Right, right. <laughs> I right. don't need this anymore. I'm not yeah. using it. Right, right. So that was, my, that was my experience with that and all the little tricks and stuff. But these days, it's, you know, uh, it's a Mesa amp. Oh, so you have a boogie? Yeah. Uh, the Triaxis, the Mesa preamp. I went Mesa everything. Right. Um, and, and that's tube, obviously. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. It's all, it was all rack mount stuff. I mean, it's just. Oh, so you don't have the original. I don't have a 112 stack. or the 212 or whatever. No, I just have it's a little tiny Mesa speaker. Now, do you you know their their origin story, right? No. Oh. What is it? So the story of uh, Mesa Boogie. Okay. Which I've read about and I've Wikipedia. I used to have it wrong. I think I have it right now. Yeah. So a buddy, well, a guy is running a repair shop or some kind of amp shop. His buddy drops off, I believe it was a Fender Champ or a Backstage, a small Fender like a 112. Yeah. This guy decides to play a positive trick on his friend and he took out the amp and put in the equivalent of a Marshall or something like that and a, a more powerful speaker okay. and then turned it into a mini secret super amp. 
And, and I know I'm getting the story a little off, but it's very it's Wikipedia a ball. Right. Okay. But basically, the concept it's it's like taking a Chevelle and putting a Mustang engine, or I, I can't think of a better car metaphor, but something like that. Um, or young Frankenstein putting a different brain in someone. Yeah. <laughs> but in any event, so his friend gets the guitar amp back, and it's not what he thought. It's not this little practice amp. It's you know, whatever it is, a 50-watt, super-powered, fantastic amp. Then the word gets out, more and more people want this, and that's how Mesa Boogie was born. Something like that. Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and I, I've always wanted one, and I never took, you know, invested the money to get one. I got lucky because the thing was, everybody was either Marshall or Fender. Right. And I have a... A horrible tendency to stay away like if the crowd is there right, right. I want to be out here yeah. on the periphery I don't have to be isolated from it yeah, but I want to be isolated. out here to see where it's yeah. going right right you know if everybody's going that way I'll, I'll nudge that way you know whatever the trend is like when everybody I don't know when everybody like Motley Crue and Def Leppard when I was in high school I just like I was kind of over here to the side right. but then again I was in the marching band so well, I grew up hating Bruce Springsteen in Matawan, New Jersey I didn't and now like, I think he's wonderful I didn't like Bruce either until I went to a show he's amazing three hours later I went yeah. well first off if yeah. you go to a Bruce show and you get into your seat you're like okay this is good we're seven miles away from the stage and then everybody comes in yeah. And the minute he walks on, you get that charge of oh everybody. You feel everybody, their it, energy. It, it's like yeah. going to Disney World oh. and you walk up, the, you get to the Magic Kingdom and you see that and you, all those little kids are insane. Yeah. And if and you can't feel happy there, no, the, you're a the, miserable person. Yeah, right. The positivity abounds. Exactly. So I saw him five, six years ago, shortly yeah. after Clarence died. Uh. And they did the thing where they, I think, is it Rosalita? Which is the big sax solo? I mean, he has a lot, but... It, that would probably be... Probably it. So they do Rosalita, and then they just stopped. And they had silence. Put a light on his chair or something, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. So it was just the lighting that made my eyes all... Oh, yeah, it had yeah. nothing to do, but it was so powerful. Was that a giant stadium? No, I saw him in Philly, um, and then a buddy of mine, we went together, and somehow we managed to get ourselves in the, in the bad seats behind the stage, but my friend said, these are the best seats in the house. So sure enough, we're backstage, probably... 13 feet from Bruce with an unobstructed view from behind. And, and no one wanted to sit there, they were empty. And what was amazing is that I realized he's a modern day Tony Dorsey. So there, there was an, uh, a, a set of stairs that go from the under the stage to the front. Okay. He got out there early and then he had this, just a huge sincere smile on his face. And you know that because when he's looking our way when there's very, where there's few people, he's smiling. Yeah. As each member of his insanely large orchestra Yeah comes up the stage, he would shake their hand like this and smile and say like, have a great, th whatever yeah, you could yeah, see yeah, him mouthing. Yeah. It was just pure positivity. Every single person who walked up, he gave that to. And then I realized, well, he just, he, he loves what he's doing. And that positive energy that he's giving to each of his band members is then being teleported out to us. It was amazing. Well, I, you just reminded me, I got to put, I, and that's awesome that you got to see it. Now, I, I just, when I said Giant Stadium to you, yeah. I remembered when I went to see him. Okay. One of the last shows at Giant Stadium before they tore it down. Right, the old, right. <clears throat> so he had two outcroppings in the front, okay. and I actually ended up at the front of one of them. Like, literally, the, the, barrack, the bike rack barricade right, was right, there. Right, right, so you're right in front of the bike so rack. So when you told me that I, I, I actually have a first-hand Bruce Springsteen Oh, you story. do? All right, let's hear it. So he's, you know, doing his thing, and he's going down and around, and he's talking to everybody, he goes on that side, and I was like, oh, he's coming this way. You're the girl uh, who danced on stage with him in the video? 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. That was that was pre-op. This is post-op. Yeah. I, just, I figured I'd get ugly and you know, <laughs> stop TV. Um, so I'm like, whoa, he's going. I had a flip phone, horrible, horrible, horrible camera on it. Right. And I'm like, he's he's got to come this way. He's got to keep balance, right? right? So he comes up here, into where we are. He's literally where your glass of wine is from me. And I ended up getting pushed by the I don't know seven thousand people behind me. Oh right, right. And there's this tiny girl in front of me, and I'm like. I'm, she's going to get crushed. Yeah. Yeah, to I mean, her, right. She made Monica look like Gulliver, you know. <laughs> and I'm sitting there trying to stop, and everybody's starting to grab Bruce, and they're pulling him down. Oh, really? I, I, I put a, a book that I wrote. I put a picture of it in it. Where I like that you I just said that the book that I wrote, but we'll get to that. Yeah. Because it's the only place where I can show you this, this picture, because right. the, the phone is gone, and I've lost the photo. Right. So he's literally this far, and I'm trying to take picture, and I'm trying to right. like, punch him. Uh, no, I got the picture, and right. it's, you literally see him being dragged underneath by the, you know, right. <laughs> into the into so the. What depths. year is this? Like early '90s, maybe. No, it's twenty. I don't know, two thousand. Oh, so much more recent than that. Five, six, seven. Okay. Something. No, it was. It must have been before I was in this band. I, somewhere in somewhere between two thousand and two thousand seven. Okay. Somewhere there. Right. And. Uh, I literally said to him, hey, can you back up? I'm crushing her. And he goes, yeah, sure. Oh, that's he, fantastic. He can't get up. He had to have everybody come in and get him. He's laughing at me. Because I right. said, but it's literally, I'm right here. So you're just Back up, back him. up. Yeah, OK. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> telling the guy, it's his show. Right. And I'm telling him back up because I'm oh, crushing this girl. And, and this is not at the Stone Pony. This is at a huge. This is the Giant Stadium. There's 80,000 people there, 60,000, whatever. That's hysterical. It was at the old Giant Stadium. So whatever it was, he sold it out wow. like 17 days in a row. But I literally told Bruce Springsteen to move at his own show oh, like an idiot. Yeah, I felt like I, I was cringing the entire time afterwards. But going, yeah. He must think I'm a total tool. Or he got a kick out of <laughs> or it. Or he didn't. He's like, yeah, the ball's on this guy. Yeah. Or he just has Who a are you story. to tell me? Yeah, he, and he, he probably he's forgot. not wired like that, though. He probably not at all. Just he might have exited that whole scenario. Thank God that girl didn't get hurt. That was that was nice of the guy to. He couldn't get up. They had him every single. So direction. He, I'm picturing, and I'm picturing it wrong, that he would be up here and you're down here. Yeah, I'm. I'm okay. Over I because just, you're I height. just left the shot. Yeah. Okay, raise it up. My eyes are up here. <laughs> I'm literally <laughs> like this, right? Holding the stage. Right. He's here. Oh, I see. He's down on his knees. So you're not holding the bike something. rack. You're holding the edge of the stage. I, I, well, I was initially, and then it started to move, and then I got the stage, and oh, she's so still under here, so and I'm just like. So at the edge of the stage. His head's here, and he's down. He's he's literally getting pulled in, and they're at this. Mo it lasted maybe 15 seconds, but people are literally flying in from everywhere because he's getting pulled right, in right. 17 directions. And he's the kind of guy who will want to mix it up, which is probably difficult if he you're his care. handler. He yeah. didn't care. He's just like, oh, yeah. this is how I die. Okay. Right, right. You know, and then nobody would have been able to go to Broadway or watch the Netflix special. No, no, he, he, <laughs> he, he works really hard. I mean, having seen him, he works so hard. He's just amazing. He's got a new album coming out, I saw. Oh, does he really? Yeah, that's in June. That's anyway, cool. that was my Bruce Springsteen story. I just remembered it. All right, well, yeah. that, Sorry, I didn't mean to slip in. No, the it's, book. it's all good. We have, we, we're very free form over here on Guitar Tales. So we got this segue and let's talk about it. You wrote a book. Why did you write a book? What was it about? Uh, well, um, so we used to play this place in Pennsylvania called the Bent Elbow. It was in Fort Washington. And this guy had a baseball team of kids. Giovanni was his name, uh, is his name, was his name. I haven't talk, spoke to him in a long time. 
So his children used to come see us, one, two, three, five, all of them, nine. Okay. Nine of them. And this place was, it would get packed, the walls would literally sweat, you know, because okay. it's that hot and humid. Okay. And then um, he started, then he came one time, and then he starts following me on Facebook. And I was, I used to be a lot more energetic with what I would post, you know, just ridiculously funny things on there. And um, he started contacting me, he said, you ever think about writing? And I said, well, yeah, I got, I got a bunch of songs, what do you want to hear? He said, no, 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 writing, like writing, like writing stories. Writing. Yeah. And I said, I never thought about it. I said, nobody reads, why would I do that? And I said, the fact that I even waste this is just me getting this off of my chest. I'm not, I didn't put it there for anybody. I just was kind of like trying to talk to somebody that didn't exist. Right, but right. I thought they existed in my brain. A little like, bit of self-therapy. Yeah, well, the, I figured, you know, this person's going to understand my situation. Little did I know there were multiple people that understood the situation. So he started it with like, um... Uh, audiobooks, uh, not audiobooks, ebooks they call right, it. Right, right. For like Kindle and uh, what was the other one? The Fire for Amazon. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. So there were a bunch of these little ones. And then, you know, I got up to like volume six and they were just, you know, so were you stories that we happened with. One was uh, stories that happened in the band. Uh, one was just, it, it, they're just anecdotal. I tried to make them funny. So it's like an, now, was it like an oral history or was it, was it typed? Were you dictating? Was uh, it... No, I was literally clickety-clacking it myself on my, on my computer. Well, that's fantastic. And then I would just, you know, send it over to him and then they would, yeah, he, whatever, they, they knew what they were doing, like everybody here knows what they're doing to make this happen and get into somebody's computer. So that's fantastic. So you, you from scratch, no ghostwriter, maybe a little editing on their end, but you just wrote up. No, they didn't even edit it. Oh, really? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm annoying with things like, grammar and oh, yeah. spelling, like when I see, I'll even, if I see somebody spelled something, some put something the other day, find, and it was supposed to be F-I-N-E-D, and they put F-I-N-D, and I just, you know, right. I sit there and I type, and, well, you know, if you find that, and I just start playing off of it in the right. thread, and then people that know me, they yeah, start liking find. it, they know yeah. what I'm doing, you right. know, it's not, I don't know. I don't mean it in a mean way. It's just it just happens. I'm sure it's taken in. Usually, I have to have to type it and send it to the bass player so that it gets out of my system and I don't put it up live. Right. But anyway, so we had a bunch of those, and uh, so you would do like a chapter at a time, and then they would get it out. It was the... like a complete um, ebook, if you will. Oh, so they didn't put it out there until you were done with all your chapters. No, no, it wasn't even like chapters. It was like an ebook, like a like a. Like a small little thing like, that you read on your Kindle. Like a 100, 120 page book or something like that. Yeah, little stuff. It, like some of them were shorter, some of them were longer, but they were just on different topics and it was just whatever the heck came to mind and I, and I would go off on it and I'd send it to him. And then after about a year or two, he came in and he said, I want to do an actual book. And okay. I said, why? He said, no, you know, a, a real now book where your why? pages and everything. Because they ain't broken, why fix it? Or no. you... We're not the that same reason I wasn't that ambitious. The yeah. same reason nobody reads. No, if it don't. doesn't, like, you know, oh, Guitar Tales with Dave. That's about the max of their reading, and then they go on. They look at the picture, right. and they scroll to the next thing. And I was aware of this at that time. Right. And he goes, well, we could take all of them and put them together. And I said, they don't, they don't work together. They're just things. They, I said, not, I would have to not tweak it right. and make them flow to each other. And so I spent time doing that and then, uh, you know, ended up putting the book together. That's a tremendous amount of work. It, well, I didn't think about it at the time. But it, uh, 
Yeah, it, I, I know it is. I wrote a chapter to a legal book once, and it was an insane amount of work for the amount of pages I generated because it's a, it's a different process than just an article. Yeah. You know? well, well, we can play Six Degrees of Guitar Assist. Uh, Scott's band, The Smoking Jackets, the drummer in that band, Tommy Janero. Right. Uh, he actually wrote part of one story. Oh, really? Uh, with, yeah, it was like this... Uh, I don't know, it was like this Jersey Shore zombie sort of thing. Six Degrees of Scott Engel. Yeah, Six <laughs> Degrees of Scott Engel. But uh, yeah. so he, he ended up, it's a soft cover book. It's on Amazon. I don't take a dime for it. I've, I've Not that it's made uh, right, right, right. <laughs> Grisham money. Right, but that's fantastic. But I, I don't, it goes to breast cancer. I oh, that's I, fantastic. If you don't like it, well, at least you helped a good cause. Right. But at that, hopefully it makes somebody laugh. I think it's funny. People that have read it told me it's funny, but. So what, what kind of stuff do you have in it? It, it's literally just it, it, anecdotes, it's anecdotal things. Um, uh, it's hard for me to explain it. Is, uh, it. is it all from your music history? Do you talk? There's about that. Your... There's stories in it. I mean, there's a there's a story about the time when I met Ozzy. Okay. Um, you realize now you have to share that. Let's hear it. So there's a wedding in New York, and it's the early 2000s, and go to this hotel, the uh, Peninsula, I think it was, Pennsylvania Hotel. Oh, my train's here. <laughs> um, and checking in, and I see this guy's got Black Sabbath on this cross. And I looked at the cross before I looked at him, and I looked at it, and I looked up at him like, standing there checking in. He looks familiar, I couldn't. The quickest thing to think is like this is the guy, this is the bass player, Bill Ward from from Black Sabbath, and it right. didn't click on me. So at it the did. Time. I would have thought it's a fan. No idea. Is there something? Yeah. yeah. Thought it was a fan. I'm in Manhattan. Right. Out in Long Island is Ozfest, but I wasn't thinking about right. it. Right. You weren't connecting the dots. Like, no. Yeah. There's a wedding, yeah. and right. Go to the wedding, come back, and I, you know, my hair is all out and long, but you know, people think sometimes my hair is connected to this hat. It's not. It's literally connected to my head but at that time I you know and I had the, the nice tux on and going up the steps. So you're, you're a sight so you're a tux with like the rock dude hair and all six foot seven of you so he's not, not I don't want to see you. pictures of that time I don't but he's I don't not post them. he's not failing to notice you you're not no 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 this yeah. is this is early checking in I'm just dressed normal and I see this guy this bass player right, right. So go out and well what out. you think is a bass player yeah I don't know I didn't know it at the time I still yeah. didn't know yeah so it's literally 10, 11 hours later, yeah. I'm coming up the steps, the lobby's on the first floor, and then you swing around to get to the elevators. So I'm going up the steps and I go, oh, yeah, it was great, man, it was great, it's great. And let's get a drink at the bar. Sit down at the no bar. No one else talks like that, except no for one. maybe Keith. No one talks like that. Right. I sit down at the bar, wait for the bartender to come over. There's only about seven or eight people in this thing. It's about, I don't know, one, two in the morning. And I hear, Fabio! And I went, oh. Ozzy's yelling Fabio at me. Oh. He's talking. I to, didn't even get that. He's talking to Marilyn Manson. Well, Fabio was big with the, right, you yeah. know, I can't believe it's not butter. Thing. Right, right. But, and Marilyn Manson's right there, too? Sitting on the couch. They had, there was whatever that, when Marilyn Manson was with on Ozfest. Oh, okay. Black Sabbath or whatever. Right. That was what was, that was that time, whatever okay. that year was. And, uh. Sharon was there. Okay. And I were hit, they on TV yet together at that point? 
it was going on, but it wasn't on, I think. Okay, so. They must have, it was in the can, as they call it, you know, right, it was, right, it was right, done, right. but I don't know, it wasn't, it didn't explode yet. Right, right. Or maybe it did, maybe it already had. No, that was a long time ago, actually. No, so it was already there. But, uh, and I hear Sharon going, what's that, that commercial with it? I can't believe it's not, what, what was that, that commercial? And I'm, you know, you're the bartender, they're behind me. I'm trying not to acknowledge them and not. Why, why are you trying not to acknowledge them? Because there's a gigantic man at that end of the bar like this. Protecting them. Asleep, yeah. and when he heard that Fabio, his eye popped open, and he's looking right at me. Is there gonna be trouble? Right. You're not looking for it, but he doesn't know that. No, I, I knew that voice and I turned it in. I was gonna walk over and I was like, yeah. Hi, Ozzy. <laughs> I didn't say anything to him. I heard Sharon talking to her kids and the, I guess her nanny or whomever was, you know, right. she's got her family on, on tour. So that guy's on point watching right, right. who's around anybody. Yeah. Uh, but as a resident, uh, a guest of the hotel, they can't run me out of there. Right, right. You know, so they just have to You're be in a careful. public area. Yeah. But uh, so. They end up, I hear them saying, you know, they're going up to their room and whatnot. And Ozzy's finally going to leave and he comes, he comes right over to me. He goes, good night, Fabio. Oh, that's oh, bless hysterical. You. That's I love hysterical. you. Now he won't let go of me. Oh really? Because he's And he's holding on to me and I'm, and I'm hugging him back and I'm going, I looked at Marilyn Manson and I looked at the bodyguard and I'm like, is there an <laughs> off button? Now he had yelled Fabio at me four times and I'm like, you just cock-blocked me to your manager wife that I wanted to give my disc to, so oh, I go, can right. I have a record deal too? Right. So I didn't care that Ozzy was there. I wanted to talk to her. Right, right. She left. Because she ran his career for all yeah. this. She still does. She was, she's, yeah. she's amazing. But he had such a nice energy. How are you going to yeah. be mad at him? No, you can't. He just, he's like, he's, you know, and then no, he walked what, what, off. Was he, was he blitzed or was he just being affectionate? Um, or you don't know? You ever hear the term Hollywood clean? No. It, I think that means you're not doing drugs, but you will have a drink. Oh, okay. So I'm pretty sure that he was having a drink or three or five. Right, but not, not 15 with a, with a bunch of lines of Coke. and act. He wasn't like No, that. no, no. Well, not there. Right. He wasn't there, you right. know. But, I mean, they had drinks out there. But every time he'd yell, Fabio, I'd turn over and he'd go, oh, oh, you look great, man. You look great. And Marilyn Manson's just like. You know, he's Marilyn Manson, but yeah. to see him mortified, he had this look like, I, I, it's him, not me. I, I just heard, I think, was it on um, Volume? Uh, there was one of the guys from maybe Motley Crue was touring with him, and they were talking about how he just out-partied out, out every person in that band. Like, Did you see The Dirt on Netflix? No, I haven't seen it yet. Okay. I, well, first off, I felt sad watching it. I wished that I hadn't watched it. A lot of people were like, oh, it's great, but I watched it, and I just was like, I wasn't a big Motley Crue fan, no, no. but I liked their songs. I've gone to see them on tour, right. you know? I mean, they, it's a great show. Right. And there's, you know, diehard fans for any single band. Right. I mean, he, this band's got them, right. but, uh, you know, and every band's got their shortcomings. We probably eat and drink too much, but uh, the stuff that I saw on that thing, I was just like, wow, really? But it made me sad for them. But the, the Aussie section in that, right. I'm not going to spoil it for you. Yeah, he's got all sorts of positive energy going on, even though like his roots are in such sort of dark music in his early days. You know, it wasn't this like positive kind of stuff where you'd sort of smile listening. It's, yeah. it's this hard driving heavy metal. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know? But I mean, he gets near you. You know, that, we love you all. 
Right. He does. Yeah. He really does. I mean, I watched the Osbournes. I loved that show. Oh, it was fantastic. And he was befuddled. Yeah. You know, he couldn't figure out how the... I no, mean, he, he almost comes across like he's got Alzheimer's. Maybe, I don't know. But, but there, or there's a brilliant guy behind that facial inability to, to articulate. I don't know. Well, there's also the editor. Right. Who makes everything look nice. Right. Now, do you think the editor of that show is making him look more or less cognitively challenged? I imagine that there's probably a lot of stuff that never made right. light of day. Yeah. And it's probably in somebody's, you know, every, every guitar player got the isolated Eddie Van Halen solos that the, the board guy, like, right, cropped right. everything out. And he right. was like, hey, you guys someday aren't going to pay me overtime? Yeah, okay, here that goes. Right, here's, the, I can get the, right. here's the drunk Eddie Van Halen solo. Right, right. I'll think next time to pay me my overtime. Right, that's probably true. So, you know, it's, it's sad, but it happens. And I'm sure that there's somewhere, there's footage that, that would is think. probably not flattering. Right, that's what, that's what I would guess. But yeah, he seems like pure positive energy. He was super so sweet. About 20 years ago. Uh-oh. Um, wow. Really? I just got it. We, this is the, You've I'm been gonna, watching for way too long. You've probably eaten through all your Doritos. You probably double dipped all the chips in the salsa. Nobody's liking that, so just dump it out. It's inappropriate. No, We've been going, the, the, the mark of a great show, I feel like we're 15 minutes in. We just got to know we're an hour in. This is fantastic. I'm sorry. No, it's not, there's nothing fantastic about it. Oh, there is. Love of my life sitting over there going, would you shut up? We got to go. The dogs are waiting. <laughs> Hi, so, baby. We will wrap it up, but I have, to, I have rap, an Alice Cooper rap, story. Wrap, wrap it up. So uh, many, many years ago, probably 20 years ago, yeah. um, my, my ex-wife and I are, are in Florida, probably, oh God, probably 25 years ago. She wasn't your ex at the time. No. Okay, no, I was no, going to say, man, you're no, we're, we're We're still good friends. Okay, good. But um, we're at this generic hotel, and I mean a generic, like a Holiday Inn-ish hotel, yeah. seven, eight miles in from the beach, Okay. $120 a night rooms, like nothing fancy. Every day we would go to the pool, and there was this nerdy guy with like dark hair would just go there and hang out a little bit. And her friend's mom was there, who I guess was in her mid-70s at the time, and that woman would periodically chat with him. And on the third or fourth day, we find out it's Alice Cooper who's in town to golf. And him without makeup, and is just, you know, hanging out at a pool, not in a zillion years. Not in a zillion years. Did you ever see him live? No. His show's great. He would probably be fantastic. Oh, no, it, I, went, I went to see one like five or six years ago, and I went... Well, Alice it, Cooper? Hmm. Yeah, I know, because I, I always thought of him as sort of fake. It was awesome. Really? It was awesome. He always has great players. He can still sing his stuff. Well, that's like, I mean, I, God, I could talk forever. You yeah. think like the Sex Pistols. You think, well, they're not going to have good musicians. But you listen to the, the quality of the studio production and whomever they hire. Lou Reed always had great guitar players. Yeah. Even though he's not, he wasn't really a great guitar player himself. No. But I could talk forever to you. But I, I guess uh, we've got to wrap it up. Yes. Otherwise, well, I don't think. Is there, are you still there? Wake up! <laughs> okay. All right. So now, AmishOutlaws.com, right? That is the website that has the story, the bios, the where to go and find us. It has uh, all sorts of fun all stuff. All the dates you'll be playing. All the dates we'll be playing. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram and the Twitter. Right. Although I think Twitter's just for politicians and comedians, myself. That's all it's about now. If you go over to YouTube, there's a show that we did. Uh, there's several episodes of Lunch with the Amish Outlaws. That's you guys are I foodies, think it's funny. I know. Oh, yeah. not that impressive. This is all shirt fat right here. It's not actual fat. Yeah. Anyway, but uh, that's funny. I, I liked doing that. Um, there are about 700 videos of us playing live um, from 
little tiny places to great big places. Um, the quality is of varying nature. We do live video sometimes depending on the Wi-Fi signal from where we're playing. Oh really, like a and, live feed in other words? Yeah, a Facebook Live. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, sometimes it's behind stage, sometimes it goes in front. And obviously there's drastic changes in sound and the, the microphones on a, on a uh, cell phone aren't, you know. Right, uh, yeah, they're not the same. It's not, it's not this. Um, but yeah, that's why Prince was crazy about any live video getting up on him. He, he didn't like the quality of the video. He didn't like the quality of the audio. Or his performance. Yeah, but that, well, his, that, you, know, you asked me about underrated guitar players. Oh, he was fantastic. He's one of the biggest. Un the old, you only thought of him because, because his, of his pop style song. and his yeah. songs. No, he, I've watched. He, he's, yeah, he's, a, he's a gunslinger. That guy had a yeah. deal with God when he played Super Bowl. Yeah. It didn't rain the entire time. He kicks into purple rain. It was like somebody said, oh, it was yeah, cool the, cue the rain, cue the rain, right. turn it purple, please. Yeah, and then everyone would follow him. All right, I could Not keep going. as good as that. All right. I'm sorry. Well, thank you so much. Thank for you joining. for having me. I thought that was a bad, let me try again. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I didn't Do get it again. I'm go. always bad with that. Yeah, I was, you got, thank you, got you if one. you watched. Thanks for indulging. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for joining us on Guitar Tales. Uh, this is new to me, this concept. Apparently, you're supposed to hit like. I don't know what exactly that means, but it helps the show. Uh, we have Nixon's Head coming up. We're in the process of booking them. I know that uh, their guitar player was in Memphis recently. He was in, in, in England. So I messed that up. Let's edit that out. Uh, he was in England recently, but we'll have Nixon's Head best. We're going to have Jim Slade and Andy Rose now. We will see you next time on Guitar Tales. Yeah.